Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. All right, I want to talk to you about legacy. Now, if you're young, stay with me because your season has a legacy. Because I can remember being like 20 and they talk about legacy and you go, legacy, God. I don't know, legacy. You have a legacy from the season you're in. We all do. You have influence and it create, is creating legacy. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, you, you have influence and it's creating a legacy. And it's, it's powerful. And it's, uh, for most people, I think it's more powerful than they know. For the odd person, it's less powerful than they think. But for most people, the, the legacy they're creating is more powerful than they know. And, and I, love, I love this idea of, in terms of the sphere of influence you live in, in terms of the season we find ourselves in. Of course, as you age, you start to think about the impact across your life. But, but wherever we're up to, and, and here's, here's uh, last, um, when was Shine? Two weeks ago. And you know, one of the things I loved about Shine this year was um, it, it, the, the volunteer team that served were represented the, the, the chapel more broadly. It's always been carried by Tamworth. And there were lots of guys from other places. And, um, but also, it was the most multi-generational I'd seen the team that served. And it's probably because our church has matured a bit. It's got a bit older, and these guys are all a bit older now. But what I, what, here's what I noticed. I loved seeing all the teenagers. It was awesome. I'm like, how good is this? Teenagers coming through, serving God in this way. But here's the thing I noticed. Every young person I saw, there might be exceptions, but everyone I saw that served on team at Shine came from a serving household. Everyone that I saw. Every single one of those teenagers that I saw serving on a team across Shine Conference came from a household where one of the parents serves. Now, the other one might not. They might not be. They might be just a slacker. <laughs> Jason Forks, you know. But, but, but one of the parents, if not both of them, have a, like a, a culture of serving as it relates to the people of God and the church that Jesus is building, which is completely biblical. And, and, and it shows you the power of establishing a foundation and creating a legacy. The parents, whether they meant to or not, by their influence, have instilled in their children that you grow up and you serve God in a very pragmatic way as it relates to the local church, which is completely reflected in Scripture. And so that's the power of legacy. And, and you and I are creating legacy all across our lives in all kinds of ways. And so I want to talk to you about that today. Legacy, influence. Influence is described as a power to affect someone or something, and you have it, and I have it. And, and we don't want to leverage our influence for our own advantage. One of the reasons that I take the salary I do in our church is I always want to give more than I take and be able to look you in the eye and ask you to do the same. And now God's been gracious and provided other means for that, but, but it came after the decision to go the way we did. And, and, and when you and I think about our lives, it's the same idea. It's a, let's not make this fundamentally about me. Let, let's think about those around me. Let's think about what I'm involved with. Let's think about the spheres of influence where I am. Let's think about the people. Let's think about the season I'm in. And let's do something that establishes a foundation and creates a legacy that goes beyond me. And you have that kind of influence. 
the power to affect someone or something. Um, Influence is my favourite bit. I feel like Bronnie in this moment. It comes from the Latin word. You're impressed, right? Yeah, I know. It's the only time this year, Marie. The Latin word influentum, and it means a flowing in. Influence has an, uh, an outflow, right? It has, uh, it's a, that's what it is. A flow-on effect. And, and then legacy. I, I think of legacy as, or it's described as the enduring influence we have on outcomes in others when we're no longer part of their world. I think of legacy this way. It's zero to do with me being remembered. And it's all about what remains and what can rise when I'm removed from where, wherever it is I have influence. It's, it's zero to do with me being remembered because none of us really get remembered anyway, do we? Like, what good is it to Don Bradman that he's remembered now? Zero. It's, it's the legacy is about those who remain and what can rise when we're gone. And so you have influence. It's creating legacy. And so what will we do with it? Here, listen to this, Deuteronomy chapter 34. I'm not going to read it for time's sake. Um, but Deuteronomy chapter 34 is the last chapter of Moses' life. And he brings the children of Israel by the grace of God to the edge of promise. They literally can see the land that they will inherit. And then Moses on that mount dies. That's it, he's done. But what a legacy. He leaves a generation following him, ready to go in, work to do, but ready to go in and take hold of the promised land that God had promised to a nation. And, and it's very powerful. Now, I want you to fast forward one generation. He set them up to go into the God-appointed future and to embrace all that God has. Get to the end of that generation. Let me read to you. Judges chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. So Moses hands off to Joshua, and this is the end of Joshua's life. It says, Judges chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. After the whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors... Another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. Now, I don't have all the information here, but here's what I do know. That Moses left Joshua with every, all of the God foundation inside of him and a generation. And one generation later, they'd conquered the land. They're prosperous. They've set up camp. They're living in their nice homes, you've got all their stock and cattle and they're, they're in some of the most fertile land on the planet. And by the end of the generation, it says they neither knew God or his ways. And part of that is on the parent. Not all of it, because I can't ultimately control what Katie does. But at least in part laying the foundation, you know, you want to and, and so legacy, Moses left a legacy. Did they need to embrace it? No, that's the power of choice. But by the end of Joshua's time, the generation that came up were prosperous. They were blessed. They had land. They had stock. They were rich. And, uh, but they didn't know God and they didn't know his ways. And if you read the story, it has a tragic flow on effect from there. That's the power of legacy. One end of promise one away from promise, and we can look across families and histories and generations and see the power of legacy. My, my mum didn't have a lot. When my mum passed away, no one got any money. And, 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 but you know what? 
My mum woke up every day, every single day, praying for me. All my mum ever told me was you live 100% for Jesus. Like, Darren, there is no in-between. You live for God, that's it. And, and she modelled that. She modelled the way she lived, a, a life that was consecrated to God and, and valued His Word and a life of prayer, valuing the local church, making it about others. And my mum, she, 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 that was her legacy. She modelled that and it was powerful. And I tell you, of all the things she could have left me, that's the thing I value most. If she'd have given me everything else, and I would have liked everything else, I'd like to own a helicopter. But, but when you think about it, when you think about it, when I think about it, the legacy I want to leave in people's hands is both physical and material, but, but ultimately it's spiritual. And so just what, what's the legacy going to be from your life? Let me... Let me give you two legacies I think worth broadly living for and then just four quick thoughts. Well, no, I'm going to shrink that because I just saw my clock. Let me recalculate. Da, 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 da. Got you. And two legacies. Here they are. Win the soul and build the life. Win the soul, build the life. Um, Mark chapter 8, verse 36. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and forfeit their soul? Jesus wasn't exploring the answers here, was he? Jesus makes a statement. He says, hey, there's no win in winning the world and losing your soul. And what would it do if I got to live in the subdivision of choice for the rest of my life? Drive the car I want, have the career, and, and, and whatever it is that you and I think is valuable and precious. What, what good would it be to have it all and some more and to lose my soul? And so... So as it relates to you and I, surely the legacy that we're looking to build into the lives of others is an eternal one. It's a, it's a soul one. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 9 to, 19 to 23 say, even though I'm a free man with no master, Paul says, I've become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I'm with the Jews, I, I'm, I live like the Jews. When I'm with those who follow the Jewish law, I, I too lived under that law even though I'm not subject to the law. I did so, so that I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I'm with the Gentiles, I, I do not follow the Jewish law. I, I, I too live apart from the law so that the law, so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. Now you're confusing me, Paul. Um, I obey the law of Christ. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weakness for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. Paul's bottom line was to win the soul. That was it, to win the soul. And so uh, you and I, as we come to life, as we step out into our week, uh, just the filter on our life as we're establishing foundations, as we're creating legacies, may it be that we determine that we're here to win the soul. Now, I'm going to just give you one way to do that and one way to build the life as we here today because it is a privilege to build people's life, isn't it? I don't know about you, it's my favourite thing to do is to build into people's lives, to see people flourish, to thrive them. I don't know if um, Fritzy's here this morning, but he and I have been talking about this path that he began on a few years ago. And I thought, mate, I think it's time for that young fella to take the next step. So, you know, I organise a coffee, we sit down at the table, I look him in the eye, I say, have you come up with a date yet, mate? Have you got a date to launch into this thing? 
And he's like, yeah, Darren, I've got the plan in mind. I'm going, okay. So you're honouring God with your wealth? Yep. You're getting behind your youth pastor? Yep. You're helping the poor? Yep. Right, eh? It's God first in your life? Yep. Well, what's the next step? Because there's something in him. There's something good in him. There's something of God in him. There's something of destiny on his future. And, and, and that's true of you and it's true of the person next to you. And we get to build a life and to seed legacy in people and it's powerful. And so with all that in mind and given we're a bit short on time, I just want to bring you to one thought and, and, it's, and it's this, what will I model? What will I model? I'd love to talk about intentionality, but for the sake of time, I'll just talk about this one thing and, and that is what, what I model, Jesus John chapter 13, verse 15 said, I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. 1 Corinthians 11, 1, imitate me, Paul says, just as I also imitate Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, Paul speaking to his protege, Timothy, and he says, hey, don't let anyone look down on you because you were young. And you could put a line through young and you could put whatever needs to go in that gap there. Don't let anyone look down on you because of but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. He says, that'll be powerful, Timothy. That'll have an impact, Timothy. If you live this way, there will be an outflow of that life that others will take note of and some will take hold of. And it'll affect the way they live from here to eternity and then, of course, eternity to come. And and so you and I have the opportunity to model something powerful, spiritually, like just at a human level. Yeah, isn't it interesting? You know, they always say, um, the, the critics always say Jesus endorsed slavery. Jesus didn't endorse slavery. Jesus said, actually what he said was, he said, hey, if you're a slave, what matters most is that you work in a way that it might win your boss to Christ. That's what he said. And, and what's he saying? He's saying the most valuable thing is the life you model and the impact it can potentially have, the legacy, the seed it can create. And you and I, you and I get that opportunity all of the time. And it happens in big ways, right? And it happens in little ways. I can remember, um, you, you don't have to agree with this. Maybe I'm just old. Well, I'm not old, actually. I'm aging, so I'm not old. I've got a few years to go. But, but as I age, you might just think, oh, that's just something an aging person does. I, opening a door for women. Well, I still do that. Opening the car doors for my wife and the girls. I still do that. And I said to Lockie when he was little, I said, son, we're going to get you the best wife on the planet. I'm going to teach you how to do this and they're going to be wanting to marry you. It's not that I did it well. I've just read the book, you know. And he... Um, and I, remember, I can still remember, I can still remember the first day that Lockie went to the car and before, and he opened the door for his mum and he opened the doors for his sisters. Now, and I'm like, yes. Here's what I know. Long after I'm gone, long after I'm gone, Lockie be opening doors for his mum, be opening doors for his wife, and he'd be opening doors for <laughs> he'd be opening doors for his sisters. Why don't you son for your sisters as well? And <laughs> legacy. And here's what I reckon: there is no way the Lockie's son, if he gets to have one, will not do the same. And suddenly, the foundation that you lay 
has legacy, that has generations. And God says He is the blesser of the generations to come for the household of the righteous. So may you and I continue to lay a foundation and may we continue to build a legacy that honours God and that really builds people's lives, not just our kids, but all around us, including Compassion Children today. We have the opportunity to seed legacy in a powerful way. So may you model it. May you live your life intentionally, influencing the legacy that's going to be left behind wherever you are after the season you're in, in the sphere of influence that you have, and then right across our lifetime in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.